Right, welcome uh, to uh, episode 13, 2023, on the same landing page. And uh, I'm joined this episode by Jamal Jones, uh, owner of Forever Media. Forever Media is a branding and media agency which connects companies to diverse communities to help with recruitment, company culture, and amplifying brands. Now, I've got a lot of introduction that I'm going to get through here. <laughs> He's a national speaker, talks on how to connect with diverse communities with style. He's an author of the book, Change Your Circle, Change Your Life. Uh, he's also booked out an arena as a small business owner. It's the first African-American small business owner to do so. And he was a hip hop artist for 11 years, uh, performing to thousands, booked alongside uh, major artists like T.I., Snoop Dogg, Common, Bone Thugs and Harmony, and many more in the Midwest and East Coast regions. Um, has worked with Vayner X, Versity, and BMW, amongst many more. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Jamal. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That was actually pretty good. That was a good intro. <laughs> cool, thank you. <laughs> that <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> and of course, we're, we're joined, um, joined by my co-host, Astra. Welcome. Hello, again. hello, hello. Quite an so, interesting, we're not going to run out of things to talk about with you, Jamal. <laughs> yeah my background's kind of crazy you know <laughs> yeah i mean there's loads of stuff there like we we're on this on this podcast are going to focus on probably the most boring parts of it <laughs> like we're not going to talk about any of the hip-hop any of the any of the music but that's all good what we're trying to focus on is, uh particularly in the new year is how non-profits and charities are doing things and changing the world and you know sharing their mission and and ra raising funds to do so um and we asked you you on um particularly jamal because we wanted to see what the perspective is like from america and also this is quite a big part of of what you guys do um there's an example with the diversity i hope i'm saying it right versity yeah diversity <laughs> yeah yeah diversity um in in particular um can you tell me about uh, what you guys do when it comes to uh, helping charities and nonprofits, and then maybe allude to the work you've done with diversity case study? Yeah, for sure. Um, so we work with uh, nonprofits in different stages um, of their um, of where they're at. So one stage is, you know, particularly with a little bit of smaller nonprofits, when you get going, you get, um, you know, uh, you get all guns blazing on your mission and uh, a lot of oftentimes you uh, haven't really got the foundational things set yet so if that is uh, foundational branding uh, your your mission values uh, putting that together all in a brand deck so everybody knows how to interact with your brand um, internally and externally uh, also a sponsorship kit is also a, a must-have. There's so many nonprofits that are operating today that don't have a sponsorship kit or a way to say, hey, how do I interact? How do I donate? Um, what does that look like for me? They just constantly keeps telling their story over and over again. Um, mm -hmm. So they need some kind of material to, to help with that. So a lot of times we help with a lot of foundational uh, branding uh, within that. Oh, then there's another stage where if a nonprofit is a little bit further along or they're just focused on a certain initiative, uh, we help with um, amplifying their brand. So if that's within a, a campaign or promotion uh, to help with fundraising, different uh, unique fundraising um, ideas. And also in tandem, we help build brand at the same time. Um, and then also if 
if there's if there's a need where a nonprofit needs to kind of get connected with different and diverse communities, um, we are able to kind of tap into our networks and our strategies to be able to do so. Um, so, for instance, like with Versity, um, they're a, a bigger nonprofit, but they had a, a, an issue with getting into diverse communities uh, when it came to diverse blood donation. Um, so we put together our, our brains to be able to give them some strategies and some techniques, uh, which we call branded entertainment. That's actually the kind of the name of the marketing um, style that we do. Um, and really branded entertainment means that it's a non-traditional way of marketing. So traditional is advertising. You kind of pop up in front of whatever somebody's doing and you're, you just get in front of their day and they have to see your brand and you're like, ah, come on, man. I don't <laughs> want to see this. Hey, you press skip and you just move on. So, uh, brand entertainment is more about like that feeling that you get when you're watching your favorite TV show or a movie, or you went to a concert, you want to be there and you want to engage with the brand. You want to interact with the brand that is right there in front of you and you're glued. I mean, you're glued to every word. You're, you're really soaked into it. So that is branded entertainment as we use entertainment as a form of, of marketing. Awesome. So what did you do for, for them and with them? What kind of branded entertainment did they then release and what did it look like? Um, am I picturing something that has a bit of a storyline to it um, and some kind of drama involved or, or is, is that not it? So first, I kidnapped the CEO. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's some drama for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, so what we did for them is uh, we created, uh, well, first we put together an entire strategy um, uh, as far as for the mission, and we created a podcast. So we recommend that they put together a podcast but not only just put together a podcast, but how do you actually distribute it? How do you get it out there into the market? And then how do you brand it correctly? Um, a lot of people start a podcast and then, you know, it's it's bare bones. You know, they're, they're doing just what they can. Um, you know, Versity really wanted to um, make sure that their brand was represented in the right way. It looked a little different. It felt a little different. So this podcast actually had some some kind of entertainment elements around it. and then. We also source all the guests. So the guests that they were getting on their podcast were different than kind of their traditional, you know, doctors and um, and other people within the medical field getting on their podcast because they had done that a little bit before, but not in the way of like an entertainment podcast. That was more like just purely educational. Um, so this was more of like, hey, let's grab some different people, different stories, different attachments to uh, blood donation and to sickle cell um, disease where, you know, people can tell their story or tell how uh, what they're doing impacts the community. And also, we kind of targeted the guests to also represent what the podcast stands for. So it's Stand, from the, stand Off from the Inside podcast. Um, and so we wanted people that kind of came from a diverse background you know, from typical what they what they typically kind of were doing. Um, and then we took the main episode of that and put it into tons of different snackable size uh, clips uh, as far as from from the content perspective and then spread that across all channels. So every single season we're pumping out 
uh, well over 70 plus pieces of content um, wow. that is getting pushed around all channels. And so from that, from very like shorts, so reels, YouTube shorts um, and Instagram, but also going down to kind of what I call your kind of your pillar or your foundational um, content from your YouTube, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook and Instagram. And then, of course, you have like the full piece on YouTube and and we put that out there. And then also they have their micro site. So if anybody wants to is curious about the podcast, they land on their micro site to learn more about the podcast, but also what are the, what are the call to actions? Well, the call to actions are start a blood drive, donate, get involved. And so we can track those metrics as well through there. And so through the podcast, we really found that they um, were getting a little bit more attention um, and more and more interest than normal uh, when it came down to their uh, uh, diversity initiatives. So that's like just a snapshot um, of what we've done, but we've also now moved moved over to um, an overarching strategy as well, where we're tapping into strategic partnerships, how to use esports um, to connect with people, um, how to use like kind of micro events as well. So instead of like big companies, kind of think of just we got to throw this huge you know gala every single time. You know, it's because mm-hmm. that's what's got to be and spend a ton of money. Um, you know, you could do some micro events just with the community and help impact and help influence with inside the community. So we're getting into some bigger um, activations now, um, which is pretty exciting. That's awesome, man. So if I'm a charity, if I work for a charity or a nonprofit of a small, medium or large size, I might think that <clears throat> I don't know if I can do a podcast, right? Like I don't know if I can, maybe I'm really good in terms of I know my mission, I know what I'm trying to get to happen. But it, does it require a certain type of person to be able to do that brand entertainment? How much does it? Do, can can you meet them like halfway and 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 do you help them with the ideas? Because the, the first the first challenge I guess for them is to, they're like, well, what does that mean? I'm I'm not trained for this. Like I haven't been like media trained, and I don't know how to like create all of this entertainment and, and excitement around it. Even though I know how passionate I am, it doesn't mean it will come across as as entertaining. How do you how do you help them with that? Yeah. Um, so we helped them through that whole process. Um, so first, like, you know, I started off, you know, that's where, that's where the strategy comes, kind of comes into place. Um, first, we determine who is the right guest. I mean, who's the right host, um, host for the podcast, because, you know, typically it's going to be somebody in the organization. Of course, you know, we've um, kind of teetered with the idea of having somebody from um, our team also be a host, but we're not the most knowledgeable about the day-to-day ins and outs of the company. Um, they can kind of talk about their stories, talk about um, timely things, um, and we would just be glossing over you know, what we know. Um, so we would identify a host, and typically it's somebody that just is outgoing, loves to, loves to kind of talk, loves to be kind of an ambassador of, of what they're doing, um, and then we can work with them from there. You know, we kind of teach them how to ask the questions, how to interact, um, how to put their guard down. And look, I, so we have a, a client that is the CTO of a tech organization. And if anybody knows anything about the technology world, um, sometimes they are a little bit less outgoing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the, the brain is more into the into the technical specs, the details, you know, analytics you know, the numbers, that's, that's how kind of how their brain works. So when you put them on a podcast, you know, some of them just, just freeze. 
Um, so we have a client where um, he's a CTO there. And at first he was very timid. He was very timid. I mean, just like kind of sitting there asking his questions, getting through, man, by, by time it's now, it's now episode 30. He is laughing. He's having a great time. He's asking questions. Personalities just, just came out. I mean, it's, it's fantastic. So people can kind of evolve through the role of, of being a host. Um, and as far as getting started with the podcast, yeah, we, we go from the idea of, of the name or uh, what are they going to be talking about? What, what are the points that they want to hit um, for their podcast? What does it look like? What do we want people to feel? Um, so we go through the entire um, strategy and the kind of the establishment phase of the podcast. When we knew we can need podcast, Jamal, how does your like strategy differ for charities versus like traditional businesses or does it, is it the same? Is it, it doesn't really differ. No, it doesn't really differ. Um, you know, each one of them is like creating a show and, you know, no matter what your show's about, you got to go through your foundational kind of questions, you know, to, to kind of create that show. And, um, and that's the way we look at it. You know, a podcast is a show. Uh, it, what the, the most powerful thing about having a podcast is that you have leverage and you have a platform. Mm-hmm. That is the most powerful thing. If you think about um, even marketing at its core, you know, what do we try to do? We try to get on other people's platform to share our story, um, you know, from a press release or mm-hmm. to getting on an article. Um, to go into an event, to paying a lot of money, you know, getting our booth at a trade show. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we're we're trying to use somebody else's platform um, to tell our story, getting on TV, getting on radio. This is all the same stuff. But the cool thing is when you have a podcast, you actually, um, you're in control for the first time. You're in control of the show and you got something that people want to be involved in. Um, and podcasting is still relatively new as far as the creation and getting that content out there where it's in a space where you don't necessarily have to have everything buttoned up you could just start a podcast and people will people will join people will follow and be like yeah I'll, I'll be on your podcast why not um and, and you'd be shocked <laughs> of the type of people you could get on a podcast it's 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 phenomenal and it won't be like that forever but i i think we're a long <laughs> ways away from uh that changing <laughs> yeah absolutely when it comes to nonprofits in particular, how do you show like a return on investment of that podcast? Because as particularly charities and nonprofits are, every penny is like ring fenced for something or it's from a donor and has to be spent on a specific cause. Firstly, how do you prove, prove the ROI? And secondly, what's your sell? How do you make them think, okay, a podcast, it doesn't seem like a traditional way of marketing, but it yeah. could be really, really good for helping boost your mission. Two-part question. Yeah, yeah, that is... Uh... Those two questions are deep. So the first one, um, the first one is, you know, we we make sure that everything is tracked and everything is measured. Um, okay. Well, two things you're trying to build with the podcast. One is you're trying to, you got your hard metrics. So you got your click throughs, you got your website visits, you got your um, views as far as from the content being posted, you got your engagement. Mm-hmm. Um, you also got the guests. So the guests, when they come onto the podcast, after it's released, we then package up that content and give it to the guest. Mm-hmm. So this is sometimes a, a misstep from a lot of people that have a podcast. You give that content, just a little bit of uh, snippets of it, couple uh, uh, graphics, 
So they post it to their audience. So we also kind of measure if they've posted it, what does that look like um, with the activity from mm -hmm. that post as well? And then ultimately, you know, there's some kind of like, um, you know, metrics of sales, you know, so for a nonprofit, it's really about, hey, are they are they starting a blood drive? Are they, you know, uh, becoming a donor? Are they getting activated in some way? You know, if it's if it's a traditional kind of a corporate organization, it might be a sale, it might be a, a lead, it might be a business, you know, kind of development opportunity. Um, and so that's how we track those kind of metrics from, from the website to social um, mm -hmm. and also kind of driving through email campaigns and kind of other avenues as well. Uh, and how this idea kind of comes to this one great sales question I love to ask. Mm -hmm. I love to ask it. So it's, Okay, so let's say you're just kind of talking with somebody. Now they came to you for some reason, right? Mm -hmm. There's there's talking to you about it for some reason. I love to ask the question of, well, what happens if you just do nothing? What if we just do nothing? You know what? Mm -hmm. I guess what ideas do you have? Yeah, <laughs> you know to do <laughs> it. The silence, and, the awkward yeah, silence. and you just yeah, and you just <laughs> have that awkward silence, and you get them to start talking. Mm -hmm. And what happens is. They want to do something different. They want to do something unique. They've tried all the traditional ways and they want to do something a little bit out of the box. And that's kind of how you find the people that are really serious about it and the people that are kind of like, yeah, it's maybe an idea, but I don't really believe in it. So you really got to believe in, in that structure of it, of the podcast. So, and then the other, the other kind of metric point that's harder to track is brand awareness. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's the kind of that like, hey, you know, we have like these gut checkpoints where we say like, hey, do you do you feel, you know, that this podcast is really from a brand awareness standpoint? What are some things that have happened that haven't happened before? It's a great question to ask, because if you didn't have the podcast, you know, and you would be like, hey, well, what where would I be at versus you having the podcast that you're saying, hey, this happened. We had this person reach out. I can't believe that this person contacted us. Oh, we had, um, you know, a press release. uh pushed out from another company that, you know, we, we had the guest on and all of a sudden we're on this article and we'd had no, we had no clue that was even going to happen. Um, so there's other brand awareness type of things that, that are harder to measure. But um, if you ask the right questions, you can kind of measure uh, what those successes are and building that brand. And once again, once you have the show, once you have that platform, um, people then kind of tend to want to come to you, the more you do it, the more that you're consistent um, with it. So I always like to just kind of get them, get their brain turning a little bit. Yes. The concept is newer, mm -hmm. but it's kind of like, well, what have you tried already? And then let's, let's go into something different. Um, and then if, if all, you know, if all else fails, let's say the podcast is an absolute dud. Mm -hmm. Let's say that nothing works, um, with it. What do you least get in, get from it? Um, let's see you get no, uh, fundraising, you get no donors, um, you don't get any people that are interacting, or I guess, directly, you know, uh, supporting your mission. Well, what else do you get? The views, the contents, the, the um, engagement, and the guests, and having a platform built from scratch. I think that is kind of worth it in, in its own. And then you kind of measure it as you as you stay consistent, and you look at it and say, you know, how far along do I want to go with this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess like Absolutely. that content waterfall that you were talking about before, yeah. they get all of that, like 70 pieces of snack size. Yeah. 
flat. So yeah, assets. Yeah. You know, even even as marketers, uh, the most common uh, path to creating content is right, <clears throat> guys. We need to create some content. Okay, cool. You sit there with like a a board marker and a, and a whiteboard or you know a white piece of paper, and you start brainstorming, and it all just feels very difficult <laughs> because you're like. What hasn't been done before or what has been done that we can do better or what interesting stories have we got? And there's always confliction there and, and you kind of start working on it. You get your bullet points, you start writing. It all just, it's much more work than just this. Having a conversation with someone and saying, what are you passionate about? What are your challenges? Yeah. Uh, cool. Okay, let's record that. Let's transcribe it. Now there's your first bones of a blog. And then as you say, all those different other parts and snippets and segments you get out of it as well as combining on that the networking element is it just takes all of the slog out of it and it becomes like the beating heart and momentum that because if you if you set yourself a target of how many you're going to do it, there's the momentum that you've got of producing content rather than okay. it comes back around to the beginning of the next month and it's like got to do two more blogs now or three more blogs or whatever it may be so yeah. i'm absolutely with you this stuff is so powerful in starting actually intro and you're not doing it on your own as well because so often that process is done in a room somewhere with you and your ideas which is never as good as when you're collaborating as we are oh, here sure. discussing yeah. stuff um and critiquing things and challenging some of those ideas um and on that what's what has been the biggest change and challenge in the charity third, third sector that since you've kind of been working with it has there been any new things come up that are kind of that they're really struggling with and you maybe can help them with? Um, yeah, I think from the charity side, nonprofit side, the challenge is always, uh, depending on the size. So a lot of times, you know, the nonprofit side is kind of set up a lot differently than the corporation side. So the challenge really kind of becomes not to, can we do it? It's, it's more of like, who's going to do it? Mm -hmm. um, that's really the biggest challenge, uh, you know, depending on how large their team is or who's doing what. A lot of nonprofits, they're very, there's so many things that, that have to be happening all at once. You know, somebody's got to be doing the grant writing. Somebody has to do the fulfillment. Somebody has to, you know, be there at the door if they have kind of a brick and mortar store. So, you know, somebody has to be working on fundraising. Somebody has to be doing the operations of it. Somebody has to be managing the event. Somebody has to, I mean, there's like constant stream mm -hmm. of like different people. And that's kind of the biggest struggle um, with doing things. And what I suggest as far as for a solution, it's not necessarily, I mean, we do help since we do, you know, sales and marketing plans. Um, I, my brain all always is looking at things operationally. Um, and a lot of nonprofits are doing way too much, way too much. Um, if, if you look at kind of everything that's happening throughout the year, you got to say, what are the things that are kind of benefiting me the most and what are the things that are just a lot of busy work that we're not getting the same kind of see through as far as for the success of it mm -hmm. and they have to start streamlining and they have to start cutting things off so that way they can focus more on the bigger things that are that are helping um the mission and driving the fundraising sources and or or the brand awareness or you know, recruitment, you know, for their company. Um, because a lot of nonprofits just get tied into every little thing that they have to do. 
and they get stuck and they get kind of paralyzed by that or they just try to keep maintaining it and it's really hard especially if you're if you're a smaller nonprofit so i always suggest to streamline things cut it off and just and and let's focus and put that time and energy into promoting the thing that's really helping you and then once you get that stuff turning then you can branch out uh to others but that's something that i always see it kind of across the board um depending on the size but it's it's most nonprofits are kind of in that space i thought you were gonna say most nonprofits are not doing enough i was surprised when you said (laughs) too much but then i think about how they sort of throw their weight behind every kind of awareness day where not just the ones that kind of are are within their mission and yeah you've changed my perspective there jamal (laughs) awesome (laughs) yeah there's a there's a danger to doing 20 percent of everything isn't there you just Mm. don't get anything yeah anything done but it's so hard to say no to a a new way of maybe raising funds or you know when there's so many things like that I know speaking to some people in the in the in like the third sector that they say they'll have like maybe one or two days a month where they'll look at the marketing Mm -hmm. and then be firefighting for the rest of the month and then they'll be like right what was I who was I speaking to about that campaign that idea and then they'll come back to it and spend half the time just remembering what it was that they were doing in the first place to get to that point um, it's really interesting you started with um, a sponsorship kit as well as something that's quite a core piece that you offer. What can, can you talk to me about why you that why you come up with that and why that's such an important thing that you got that you guys offer? Yeah, because look, people are busy. I mean, people, especially in these these days, like people are super busy and they don't have the time to have like 15 meetings to talk about something. Um And so if you want to package up what your idea is or what your offer is, and you only have a limited amount of time, well, put your best foot forward and and, and create something that you can pass off to somebody. So at least they can get a snapshot of what it's about. Of course, everybody has a different like, you know, um, activation for themselves where they say like, oh, no, no, this like this is why I'm doing this because my aunts you know sisters cousin, you know, is really impacted by this. And this is this is why I want to do this. Um, that's different for every person, but have the brand, have exactly what your offer is, how the impact is going to really affect, you know, the community and, and what they're doing and make sure that it's, you know, it's tight knit and it's packaged in a way where you can send it out to anybody and they can at least understand what, what you have and what you have to offer and what, and what you do. Um, that it's just so important because there a lot of, a lot of these nonprofits don't have that. And so they make it twice as much as work, you know, for them to be able to do that, especially, you know, if you think about the different ways on how they're fundraising, you know, some of it may come from corporate, you know, um, organizations, some of it may come from some foundations that want to help. Some of it might be grants, some of it might be, you know, kind of uh, uh, events and just from, um, from the many, basically, of of getting, um, you know, donations through there. And, you know, a lot of the ways on how they're getting the bigger dollar amounts is through kind of some email or a couple meeting interaction. So you got to have kind of the thing in your toolkit to say, hey, here you go. Check this out um, and keep it simple. Keep it simple. You know, you don't don't have that deck be 50 pages long. Nobody got time for that. No yeah. one's got time for it, you know. <laughs> Just make it short and sweet and make make some of the actual like ways to get involved 
you know, give it a, th a three tier process, you know, three tiered, you know, ideas of how to get people involved. And always, there's always a custom, there's always a custom, but you don't have to put every single custom way that people can, you know, donate and get involved. Absolutely. I think there's, there's been so many examples as we do more and more work where we are just looking at, <clears throat> well, the conversation is mainly focused on how we get more attention to this cause and how we can bring traffic and eyeballs and audience to this, to this cause. Uh, but what they get when they, when they get there is, is really difficult for them to know what to do. There's no donate button. There's no clear call to action. They, they don't know if they should be jumping on the newsletter or if they can visit or like, it's all just, it's a bit convoluted basically. I tried to actually donate somewhere the other day and it was a link to PayPal the PayPal homepage. It, it took me to the homepage of PayPal and I was like, wait, what is this? You have to really work around the block to kind of like to, to get it to work. And <laughs> and it's like it, it seems like simple to 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 I think as a marketer that seems simple, but there's so many that just miss it by like a small margin by just making that journey easier. You, you're talking absolute like huge amounts more in in funds uh, like raised basically. Um, so that's that work is all is is incredible. I think that's why I picked up on the fact that you've got that is it's probably one of the most common problems. Are there any other really common uh things that maybe charities overlook that businesses tend not to? Um I mean not business and charities are I mean they're uh what they're doing is a little bit different, but they're both still running a business. I guess that's, that's the other thing. I mean, a lot of uh, nonprofits don't treat it like a business. They treat it like a hobby. And, you know, you could tell that a lot of times with the smaller ones, you know, that are just treating it like I was kind of getting through this instead of treating it like a business and having a plan and having like, what are you going to be doing? Um, I think also another uh, common mistake that it, it doesn't really go into fully on the marketing side. Um, but if you want to have some of your board have uh, participation, you know, within what you're, what you're doing, the best way to get them involved first is by highlighting them and let them know that they care, you know, or that they matter. I meant that they matter. Um, you know, a lot of, you know, I've seen some nonprofits kind of get, you know, like, oh, man, we got to get new board members. They think that's going to solve all their problems. You know, let's get the let's get the new board members. Let's get them on board and then, you know, do stuff for us. Come on, let's go. And, you know, just as much as you're trying to sell, you know, the ideas and concepts to other people, you also have to do that internally for your board to get them going uh, because they joined the board. It could be partially for the mission, but oftentimes it's to um, it's also to help with their even brand and kind of get them on the next, you know, step of where they're going to go in their career. And, you know, you have to look at it like if you want to get some participation, the best way first is just to highlight them, you know, um, and announce that and and really get them involved. So they feel like, oh, my God, hey, they're they're sitting out, you know, there's a there's a press release about me. There's um, there's an email campaign. I'm on the website, you know, I'm on social media. This is great. I mean, they put it out there, new board member. Okay. I got to do something, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I'm getting promoted. This is great. Um, you know, and just give, give them those board members a little bit of, of um, promotion as well. 
as, and honestly, it's going to help anyways, because somebody may say, oh, I didn't know that person was doing that. I'll donate. I'll, I'll donate to that. I didn't know that person was involved. That's, that's one of my good friends. I'll donate, you know, and it, you just never know kind of where that's going to come from. But oftentimes they're just spent so much externally. You got to look a little bit internal, especially for the board, because if you want to keep them and keep that board activity high, uh, you got to be able to showcase them as well. That's so important, man. There's like, there's so much, so much of the work we do takes a long time. You can't like try a podcast or, or put together a marketing campaign and give it a month or two and then check if it worked. Like it takes, it's cumulative yeah. and it needs momentum. And in order for that momentum to happen, people need to be invested in it for a long time, right? So what everything you've just said is so crucial to keep that interest. So no one goes after month four, hey, what is it they're spending all this time doing? Like what, what is it doing? Like, is it actually giving us anything? Well, yeah, because you went Bible last week, yeah. or you know, you, yeah. you just we you you just got mentioned in the in the local press like a couple of no one's even gonna ask that question if that's what's happening in the meantime. And making them aware of it is so important too, right? Because that's what yeah. kills a lot of yeah. this stuff. You might be making progress, but before it really got a chance to bear fruit, someone's saying, Well, you know, recession like looks like it's hitting. Have we tried this? Or like just tweaking the the, the way yeah. that you're going at the crucial point can be the the, the difference right between it yeah. failing or not um, and they they do say they do say that it takes um like you won't actually really start getting um and i've seen it vary but you won't really start getting real engagement until episode 20 is oh, is wow. typically for podcasts um yeah. so think about that and 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 most podcasts actually end on episode 3 most people stop doing a podcast episode mm. 3 because like, you know, like, oh, where's the audience? <laughs> where's where's all those listeners? No one's listening. I posted and I'm getting no likes, getting no engagement. No one cares. You know, I mean, but just like anything, you got to see it through. You got to, you know, you got to be consistent with it. And depending on how you're posting each one of those episodes, if you're just posting a link out of, you know, your main social media channel and that's it. And then not promoting in any other way. Well, you, you gave it a, a one shot in, you know, a million to, to even land somewhere, you know, so you got to constantly kind of be putting it out there, different ways to promote it. And, and most people end it episode three. So, you know, they just, they don't have that stamina. You got to have the stamina mm -hmm. to, to keep pushing through and stay consistent before you just, before you just kill it. Absolutely. We, we find ourselves saying as a digital agency the same thing about seo like it's a long-term investment oh my god um, yeah 100 so, which is the segue into our next bit in this section tomorrow. so <laughs> <laughs> thanks for that analogy <laughs> we ask all of our podcasts these questions and they are about uh, traditional digital media advertising uh, methods rather than sort of podcasting and such but if you had to order the following um, marketing methods in terms of importance what, mm -hmm. Where would you put them? So we've got pay-per-click, social media, organic and paid, email marketing and search engine optimization. Which one's your most important to your least important? Oh, um, that's tough because it depends on the business, but I'll, mm -hmm. I'll just go in general. Um, I think first and foremost, because it's free and people generally know how to do it um at least at the very bare bones way and method 
would be social media would be mm-hmm. the most important because it's free and it's easy. Yeah. <laughs> Just it's post. A good argument. I mean, good argument. <laughs> um, second, um, I would say uh, SEO. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's just so important that make sure people can find you. And the higher you rank, I mean, you just get free leads. It's just, it's it's great. Um, and then I would go to probably email marketing. Um, once you build up a good list and they actually are interacting and engaging, um, you could, depending on the business, you can literally print money. Um, mm-hmm if you know what you're doing. So email marketing is so powerful. It's still powerful to this day. Um, and I think pay-per-click would be, would be the last one. Did I Excellent. Miss one? No, no, you got them. You got oh, them okay. Um, okay. Speak, speaking <laughs> generally on um, Forever Media, how confident on a scale of one to 10 are you in your current marketing strategy? Uh, for ourselves? For yourselves, yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Um, you know, we do it for everybody else. Um, you know, how is it for <laughs> ourselves? Um, I feel like for ourselves, um, I'm pretty confident in it. Um, there are areas uh I think that you mentioned that were I feel like it'd be um could be a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, so like SEO wise, I feel like our SEO is not the greatest. Um, just because we're so focused on the experiential. Um type of marketing we get a lot of um uh that's like one of our main channels of kind of how we're getting that awareness out so a Mm -hmm. lot oftentimes like that digital presence um besides social media we're great on there um Mm -hmm. but it's not getting the same love and attention (laughs) like the other areas are so i do i'm i would say i'm fairly confident but i you know from the outside looking in of course i mean i'm always critical on myself but from uh outside looking in i mean people interact with us people come to us because they're like man i see you you're everywhere mm-hmm. um that's always what i hear so that's got to be something <laughs> yeah. good that's yeah. happening <laughs> um if they if they come to us and they they believe you know they can trust us with their brand as well that's fair well my next question was going to be how what do you think is the key to improving that score but you kind of touched on it just sort of the digital yeah. side of stuff, seo so. for sure um yeah. I mean, that's, that's something, yeah, got it, got to focus on it. It's one of those things though, in digital, as a digital agency focusing on SEO, it's a bit of a nightmare because most digital agencies also know how to do SEO or, and, or are selling it or know if someone who can do it. So the, the amount of work is, is mental to have to like do. So yeah. you can only ever really rank locally anyway, for most of the stuff It's really difficult. We've, we've ranked locally for the ones we want to, we want to. But trying to do that on a national level, whether you're, you're facing every other guy who's an expert at it. So it's really, it's really tough. Um, <laughs> sure. Cool. That, well, that leads us on to segment two, uh, which we're calling hook, line and stinker. Uh, it's, sign, it's very similar to what we've done in previous episodes where we have uh, fake facts and you sort of have two truths and a lie. In this case, we're going to be doing two truths and a lie, but with uh, hooks for podcasts. So I'm going to name, yeah. I'm going to read some out. I'm going to share the screen. Uh, you two are playing against each other on this one. Oh, okay. And uh, right. you've got to tell me which one is the is the stinker from these from these. Uh, now let me make sure I don't give the answers away as I share. Uh, so can you see my screen? And obviously I'll read it out from um, 
uh, from start. Okay, here. You guys can see my screen okay, yeah? Yeah. 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 And I'll read these out for the audio um, listeners as well. So number one, uh, again, number one, we're starting on quite light, I think. The three hooks are why your content is being ignored, the truth about YouTube, and competition is the thief of creativity. Which one's the stinker? Ooh. These are podcast titles, right? That's right. Yeah. Okay. They're, and they're obviously made to be as oh. clickbaity as possible. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. So each each one wants you to listen to them because it's like, oh wow. And one that, of them's fake. One of them's fake. You got to tell me which one's fake. Okay, Jamar, I'm going to let you guess first because um, I think I know which one it is because I know how Jason writes. So <laughs> I want to hear your thinking first. <laughs> you I'll got an you. advantage, a competitive <laughs> advantage. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, that's why i'm giving you the floor none of them super super clicky no yeah this one's like they get better trust me okay um i i think it's um I think it's competition is the thief of creativity. Okay. I also think it's that one because one of Jason's favorite sayings is competition is the thief of joy. And I think he's changed. Comparison. <laughs> Comparison is the thief of joy. Comparison. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> good, 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 good shout by Fivy. You're wrong. The, oh. um, the, the, oh. the fake, the stinker was why your content is being ignored. So the other two were from oh. Anything Goes by Emma Chamberlain. Okay. So zero zero so far. Zero. Okay. Oh, so these are real. These are real titles. Yeah, okay. these are these are all okay. real titles. One of them's uh, one of them's written by me. Um, okay, gotcha. <laughs> number one. So uh, the childhood lie that's ruining all of our lives. Victim number two. Victimhood and self sabotage is destroying the world in 2022. And number three. How dieting shortens your life and increases weight gain. Well, that went from light to dark real quick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, sure did. They're all quite clicky. Um, the childhood lie that's ruining all of our lives. This has got to be some kind of self-help podcast or something. Yeah. Um, I think victimhood and self-sabotage is destroying the world in 2022. Just because it's too long. It seems too long. Yeah, I was actually going to go with that one too. Yeah. That thing is super long. You're trying to critique my my writing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you uh, you both have zero points still. Oh, uh, okay. It's uh, don't it's say it's the... how dieting shortens your life and increases weight gain was the one created by me. So this was wow. they're all they're, the other two are from Diary of a CEO by Stephen Bartlett. Um, oh. The first one was uh, the childhood lie that's ruining all of our lives was Gabor Mate, and victimhood and self sabotage was Africa Brooke that was the guest for that one. Okay, uh, next. Zero, zero, no offense, still withdrawing at the moment. <laughs> 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 okay, so how uh, from winning Love Island and Strictly Come Dancing to battling imposter syndrome? Number one. Number two, interviewing an exorcism expert. Posse possessions. Is that possessions? No. Possessions, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ouija boards, poltergeists, and more. Oh, number three, that. I... <laughs> three... you won't catch me doing that. 
<laughs> the the A to Z of the world's best things. So which of those is the stinker? Oh my god, the last one sucks. <laughs> it's, it's it's horrible. It's I I I'll go with the last one. I mean, the first one is so long, but after you just you threw that the curveball, I think that um the last one I just like. What does that even mean? <laughs> It's just I the think... alphabet of the world best things. The best things of what? What are we talking about? I think I think from winning Love Island and Strictly Come Dancing, just because I don't think anyone who's won one has also won the other, but I could be wrong. Well, you got your first point. I'm, I mean, the first one was the, was the stinker, Yay. which means the oh, A to Z no. of the world's best things is a real real episode title. Oh, let us help you write your titles, please. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> so that's from um, Dragmate's Happy Hour podcast. <clears throat> okay, we're in the last, the final ones now. Uh, that's excuse the weird image there. That's from a templated presentation. I haven't got me done yet. Um, okay, so is this, is it number one? Is your parent a narcissist? Number two, why men are trash that you shouldn't recycle? Uh, number three is great how to trick him into proposing which one is the stinker Ooh. <laughs> i feel uh... like i'm just shooting in the dark at this point <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like a female-led podcast um yeah. i don't how to trick him into proposing it feels too off color okay <laughs> it feels too manipulative so you're going that's with that one? Bit, yeah, I think that one. And Jamar? Uh, I'm going to go with why men are trash. <laughs> oh, that means you got that one right. So it's 1-1. 1-1. Yes! One, one. One, one. Um, it's, from, it's from the Call Her, Call Her Daddy podcast uh, by Alex Cooper. Um, final one, then. This is this is to win it. The decider. So um, the hooks are 500k new TikTok followers a week. Amber Turds and Goodfellas, number one. Penis sizes, pick Ferris Confederate flag, and why Cam is moving to the UK to find love, number two. And tossing the salad, octopus friends, and sex ed with your parents is number three. Which one is the stinker? What are they talking about, man? None of them make any sense. <laughs> what are these conversations going? Uh... Holy crap. I feel like the TikTok one is true because both of those things were like quite big trends a while ago. And then Cam is probably someone on the podcast, so it feels like that one is true. I'm going to say the last one is false. I was going to say the last one. Yeah, Octopus Friends. Like, what is that? What is that? Okay, I just feel you like you made that up. <laughs> 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 well, um, it ends a draw then because they were all true. It was a trick ah. question, the last one. <laughs> um, so, yeah. This is hook, horrible. Hook, line, and stinker. I, can't, I haven't got a bonus round to uh, to finish <laughs> off. So you both you both take the... We'll uh, both be champions this time. Yeah. Right. Um, It'll be like that like clip art down the bottom. I'll do this one. <laughs> 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 and uh that brings us on to our last segment um which is strategy analogy do you want to to run this one 
Astrid? Yeah, so um, the concept of this is I will generate a random word um, in a random word generator, and then we all have to come up with some sort of marketing analogy to do with the word. So let me generate random words. Marketing hmm. analogy. Ashton's really good at this. It, it requires you to think on your feet. And I just, I have died a death of the, on, on the, <laughs> when I've tried to do this in the past. So hopefully Ooh. I can come back and, and, and do better. The word is reputation, which. So we're supposed to think of what? Uh, explain the rules one more time. So it's um, using the word reputation. Think of some sort of marketing analogy to do with reputation or how marketing is like a reputation. Which I guess kind yeah, of I, is, is kind of a straight swap, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so, so um, you, so I, I think of your brand as your reputation. So mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're looking at kind of like your kind of your brand equity that you keep putting kind of coins out there. You say, hey, how many coins that I put into, into the machine of, for, for my brand reputation? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, you have to kind of keep, putting coins in there because otherwise people are gonna forget about your reputation or they're gonna be like well i haven't heard from them in a while that's that's your reputation um mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> they, they're true. not seeing you so um that would be that would be my uh analogy i would um i i think that's good i think i'd say that you'll bet you you get a reputation for some kind of value or ex exhibit is uh, behavior that you do right so I've got a, what would be my reputation I guess my <laughs> reputation is not to look too insular but I, I won't even go on to me actually but if you've got a good reputation for being a good person or um, being honest or being on time those three things kind of form your principles and then from there people may hire you for those things and it becomes almost a uh, an articulation of the values and the, and the things that they expect you to continually represent and, and and abide by so reputation is very similar to marketing and branding because it's the things that you will consistently do regardless of everything else that's how you're known right your, your reputation is for you to be providing that service in that way every time so it's very it's a very much straight straight swap yeah as you say for, for branding right it's, it's what are you known for what does someone when they hear your name think ah that guy He's a good dude, you know, and he'll get there on time. <laughs> I've got more to me than that. I promise you. I don't just get there like five minutes before the party guys. starts. Yeah. <laughs> like Jason in the corner, like, hey, guys. Yeah. <laughs> what was keeping you? <laughs> I think um, so. Marketing like reputations can be accidental successes as well as intentional disasters. So you can like go out into the world and try and make yourself a reputation as say being the early guy and then turn up late to every appointment you've ever made, which is, you know, all your intentions are there. You're like, I want to be an early guy, but my life is just getting in the way of that. And it can be end up being a disaster or you can end up just tweeting something, recording a TikTok, putting it out there. It goes viral. And then all of a sudden your name is made and you didn't even really try. So that's my analogy for reputation, hmm. I think. That's interesting. I like that. Just because it brings a point of something I saw the other day where someone said that they released a, one of many videos and it went viral. And they said it was the worst thing that happened to them because it was one of those throwaway 
things they didn't really want to be didn't think it would blow up at all like they've done some great things that just didn't nothing and then they've put this this one video out and it went everywhere and suddenly that's so that's funny all everyone wants from them is just to do that video again or yes. variations of it and if they're like oh it's the worst I, yeah that that's actually my that's that's one of my nightmares is um you know people are like well why don't you just like get on these trends you know and it's like it's uh, yes you know, I could, but it's like, do you want to be known as like, <laughs> like if something blows up, do you want to be known as like the sandwich guy or, <laughs> you know, the, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, the guy that, um, that'll be your obituary yeah. <laughs> on the news or something. It's like some of these trends are like just stupid, you know, like I don't want to be known as like that. I mean, that guy that blew up with the cranberry juice. You know, like he's just on the skateboard. He's yeah. got the cranberry yes. juice. <laughs> and he just drank it. You know, I mean, you'd be known as the cranberry guy for the rest of your life. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't know <laughs> if I want to be known as that. And I guess you could change, but it takes a while. It takes a while. It's hard, man. You gotta be you gotta really think twice before I, as a as a as a 33 year old. Uh, man, I'm not going to be twerking while singing about SEO. You know, like I'm not. It's just it's it's dangerous. If that, Come on, Jason, because that will go viral as well. You know that will, will go viral. It will go viral, guaranteed. <laughs> um, that that uh, that that concludes uh, segment three. So um, I guess this is just a chance now. You know, you've got um, you've got a book at uh, Change Your Circle, Change Your Life. Do you want just to talk a little bit about what that book's about and and uh, what the why the audience should look, should look into it? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, uh, I wrote this book about, uh, now a year and a half ago. Holy crap. Um, so it's called change your circle, change your life. Um, it's the how to guide to change anyone's life. And really the book is, um, it's really all about evaluating your current circle and then how do you get into new circles? And it's a lot of my life experiences within the book. Uh, cause I kind of looked back and said, how did I get here? And it was my ability to understand myself, uh, for my self-awareness to, um, who I am, what my gifts are, and then how do I get into new circles? So how do you find your way in? How do you discover that? How do you, um, uh, create those ideas of where do I want to go, um, and have a plan and then your ability to be able to constantly, change your circle and you know the it really is everybody has to go through this you know it doesn't matter what you're doing in your life um what you have going on you have to master that ability to change your circle uh if you want to kind of succeed and 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 this is personal or business by the way this is personal or business um and like not everybody is worth your circle you know, so you got to like know about the barriers and and, you know, how much time are you investing in others just to be in your circle when they're not investing the time to be in yours? And you're like keeping them there for like what reason, especially with family members. I know it's harder family members, but you're you're, you're constantly going back when it's like, you know, if they don't want to save themselves, there's only so much you can do. So uh, that's what that book is all about. Um, it's it's helped a lot of people, and I want to help you know continue to get it out there in the world. And um, and I truly believe if you if you read this book, it's got fifty percent mindset, fifty percent action. So like it literally has action items at end of each chapter that you can apply to right then and there to do this. So if you read this and you actually do 
what's in the book, you could you could change your life. There's no way. There's no there's no way possible you couldn't. You know, there there'll be some change. <laughs> there'd be no way that you can't. I mean, I would be shocked. I would want to hear the story if somebody did everything in the book and and nothing changed. I'd be shocked. Uh, it's awesome, man. Well, we're definitely uh, linked to the to the to the book in the um in the in the show notes and the details, so yeah. you can you can check it out there. Um, and uh, I guess it just it just falls upon me to say thank you so much for joining us. It's been a great great chance to uh, to reach across outside of the UK again um, for for a podcast, which is really nice uh, to get a different perspective. Uh, and you've got like a ton of experience there. We could go into. I mean, there's so many of that intro I didn't even get a chance to go into, <laughs> but. It's it's been really nice having you on and, and, and a joy to chat to you. So thanks to Mark. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Thank on. you. Yeah, I really appreciate it. It was fun. This is this is probably one of the most fun podcasts I've been on. I love the oh. game stuff at the end. It was uh it was really good. Oh good. Absolutely gonna use that as a as a testimonial somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Perfect.